Alright, this is the first episode of the Cozy Corner of Cinema, a new weekly show where I talk about some movies that I watched recently, maybe some books, all other kind of arts, but mostly cinema. And uh, this is the Cozy Corner, I got a nice hot cup of coffee right here. The oven's on, I'm going to put a pizza in there in a little bit. And I apologize, I have a cold right now, so if I sound a little nasally, more so than usual, just bear with me. But yeah, this is a bit of a weekly show I think I'm going to do from now on. Talk about some movies that I watched recently and uh, just general arts and stuff like that. Very good coffee, man, I tell you. You know, the Keurig cups and a pot actually brewed both have their benefits. Anyways, moving on from there, man. A couple movies I want to talk about recently. Uh, let's see here. A movie that I watched, now normally I'm going to probably just talk about movies that I watched recently, or some of them I should say. Obviously I won't have enough time to fit them all into the 30 minutes given here. But one of the films that I watched last week, which I've still been thinking about, is, what year is it? 1989. Michael Haneke's, Haneke, I'm not sure how to say his name, The Seventh Continent. This is a cool film, man, I tell you. This is one that I had heard about for a long time. Now, Michael Haneke's a pretty famous filmmaker. I'm not, I don't exactly remember where he comes from, but he's made many popular films. Amour, Funny Games, The White Ribbon, also the remake of Funny Games, uh, The Piano Teacher, and The Seventh Continent Man. I think this is his debut, and this fits in line with a lot of... Cachet, uh, not what I've got to mention, but this tonally tonally fits into a lot of what we would see later on from him. And without getting too much into the plot, oh Benny's video is another one that's on my list right now, as I go through his films. But this is a cool movie, man. This is definitely one that uh, I looked up a little bit of uh, talk about it online. And I think for the most part, people seem to like this film, but it's not a film that you probably would revisit too many times. It's a very dour film, uh, very nihilistic. And what's interesting about the film is that the actual plot, so to speak, um, the inciting action of the event doesn't come in until about the third act. And even still, it's not flat out told to you it's uh more so a slow realization and this is a film that i'd known about for a while so i had that uh spoiled for me so going into the film knowing that what the outcome was going to be what events were going to transpire and knocked over something right there apologies about that but man i tell you this is a great film this is actually one of the best films i've seen of recent memory uh, very, uh, very good performances from the two leads, which actually three leads, but the, the uh, husband and wife who live this banal kind of uh, life where they have their jobs and they go shopping and they do everything that they're supposed to do, or they think they're supposed to do, and uh, until one day it just kind of reach, reaches a uh, boiling point. Actually, I'm going to backtrack my words a little bit there. It's, not one day, it's more of a, more of a build-up over time, and they want to do something about it. They're telling people that they're going to Australia, 
can't remember if they say they're going to move there or they're just going on vacation there. But it's these, uh, it's this, this ball, the, these, this, this ball that gets rolled up of all these events that happen, little things. And, uh, which is what I like about the film. It's not like they have gone through any sort of, uh, major tragedy or any one event that has triggered them into, uh, uh, an outcome, a bad outcome, but, uh, just living every day and the trials that come with it and the moral conundrum that comes with it in the third act, whether or not, uh, a development that they had anticipated but didn't want to confront comes up. And this is a, this is a, a really great film. Uh, I tell you, it's very, uh, light on dialogue in the third act, which is where the film really shines. There's a lot of moments that stick with you. Uh, some moments that, uh, well, um, it's interesting because, there's two, uh, two uh, specific sequences in the film that stick out as... I was reading something on the IMDb trivia. Now, whether or not the validity of this is up in the air because sometimes the IMDb trivia can be a little um, deceiving in terms of because anybody can pretty much add what they want there. But basically, um, with there were two... Uh, one, which I guess I won't... Uh, well, I guess I won't be too specific on but one sequence of violence uh that is pretty shocking um it's pretty upsetting to watch and a sequence that follows it up not too long after of characters flushing some stuff down the toilet um and it's interesting how they said that people were more shocked by the um flushing of the items down the toilet uh, which kind of gives a good mindset into, uh, I guess, what the audience had their minds on, really, above all else. Of, um, I don't want to be too specific about it, but this is a very uh, excellent film. Um, I watched this on the Criterion channel, and I don't believe that it is too uh, readily available on DVD. It doesn't have a Blu-ray at the moment in the United States, um, I don't know about the DVD. I thought it was out of print. It might still be. But if you have the Criterion channel, this is one on there that is definitely worth a watch. Going into it knowing that you're going to be watching something very dour. You'll be watching... A, uh, I was trying to look up here to see if the DVD was in print. And it looks like uh, it's out of print now. A little expensive or a little pricey. But yeah, if you can get your hands on this one, man, I tell you. You're in for a really solid film, and uh, this is one that uh, I, I really want to explore more of his filmography. I haven't seen enough of his films. I've only seen about three or four, and there's a couple that uh, really have been interesting to me. Uh, and I think Benny's video is the one I'm going to try to watch next, along with The Piano Teacher. I've heard good things about both of those. And um, Code Unknown is one I'm not too familiar with. I just came up here as a related film. But The Seventh Continent, check it out, man. It's a cool movie. Definitely a real cool movie. And another one, speaking of nihilistic films, uh, what year is this one? I think this was sometime in the 90s. 94, man. We're talking about Bellatar Satan Tango. And this is a film that 
has a bit of a reputation, I think, primarily because of its runtime. The runtime of this film clocks in at about 7 hours and 19 minutes, and it's divided into chapters. And this film was uh, put out a couple years ago by Arbelos Entertainment, who had put out um, very, some real cool movies, man. They put out the last movie with Dennis Hopper, uh, The Juniper Tree with Bjork, put out some other stuff like recently, son of, well, recently-ish, Son of the White Mare, um, Funeral Parade of Roses, a lot of cool, uh, uh, experimental, strange films, and this is uh, very uh, Satan Tangle, man, I tell you. You're not going to see many films like this. This is truly, when people say a cinematic experience, this is this is what they mean, man. Satan Tangle is something else, I tell you. Now, I watched this film over the course of what was intended to be three nights, but actually ended up being four because on the third night I was uh, enjoying it, but I found myself a little drowsy and nodded off and had to finish it the next night. But this film is, it feels otherworldly. It feels like it's not set in a specific time because we have the people in this small town, it's all this mud everywhere. The sky is always gray, shot in beautiful black and white photography. And there are these long sequences, what Bellatar is known for, these long takes uh, of characters just walking or a certain event happening, and it just stays in the frame. There's a, one uh, particular sequence that I think goes on for about 10 minutes, if it's the one I'm thinking of, at the end of the second um, part. Because on the Blu-ray, there's two discs, three parts. Uh, multiple chapters on each. So at the end of part two, you have characters in a bar drinking whiskey, I believe, and dancing to accordion music. And it goes on, and it's just fascinating. And it's a film that you would tell someone about, and they would probably think it's not too interesting. And um, it, it's not for everybody. It's a film that you really got to... Um, you have to kind of surrender yourself to uh, really take in this otherworldly nihilistic uh, uh, vibe of these characters in this town and the changes that are coming and the um, aggression. And when I say aggression, I don't mean yelling and screaming and, and anything like that. I mean a malevolent outside force coming in and causing a problem and where the film goes to at the end i had it had me thinking a lot about the characters and the fate of the characters where certain characters ended up and um the fitting into the theme of the film it's based off a novel by laszlo kres kresnorkai i might have said that wrong but i believe this was written by bellatar as well and because some of the long takes in the film are just so enticing and, and captivating. Uh, there's a lot of times where characters are just walking down long roads. And the soundtrack that plays is uh, it, it's very unique. It sounds kind of like synthesizers in the background with traditional instruments. And uh, the other day, he actually had to walk. Uh, about uh, four or five minutes, and I thought, you know, I'm going to put that piece of music on 
and I did, and it got me in, into the film all over again. It just really had me thinking a lot about the film and walking that long journey. And they, there, there's a sequence where you just see a house in the distance, and we follow the characters going to that house all the way up to it and inside. And it's just a totally captivating film that the average viewer is going to uh, not be able to vibe with. Uh, this is a film that demands attention, demands patience, and um, has to be seen at night or in a dark room with no light coming in. Turn your phone off. Tell everybody I'm going to be away for a bit. Um, whether or not you choose to watch it in that seven and a half hour uh, runtime is up to you. I believe that's the way Bellatar intended, but unfortunately, circumstances do not allow me for that, so I had to break it up over the parts. But I believe this film was out of print for some time. It was a little tricky to find, but the Arbolos Blu-ray um, cleaned it up while restoring, while maintaining, I should say, its look of a very um, dry and, but also... It's like very dry, very dirty and dusty, and the characters are rough around the edges and unpredictable. And that's, that is, uh, the characters are, are victim, young and old, to the um, surroundings and the, the outcomes that they, they take of it, whether they just get drunk and just drink days away or if they are more malicious and exploiting others or take it out in self-harm there's a really terrific chapter in part two uh which is also the a controversial chapter uh involving a little girl a daughter who has a uh home life where she's neglected and she maintains a friendship with this stray cat, but also treats the cat very cruelly. And um, it's a very poetic... The whole film is poetic, but that in particular was the chapter that stuck out to me as the closest to a... Maybe not a traditional narrative, but something where I noticed there were... It was more... It was less dialogue-heavy and more action-heavy in terms of character movements and I say action I don't mean action in the traditional sense I mean action in the way of um, events unfolding rather than some of these long monologues that go on and the outcome of that is very tragic and that leads right into the end of the film end of the second part I should say that bar sequence I was talking about and the length of that, it just fits very well and makes sense why it goes on for so long. And when you jump into part three, the sobering of the previous part is very um, chilling and very hypnotic. Like the whole rest of the film, very, very hypnotic. This is a film that has to be seen at least once. This is the best thing I've seen this year so far. I know it's only March, soon to be April, but I think this is a film that uh, all film fans really owe it to themselves to see it. Uh, I think you're gonna if you if you allow yourself to surrender this to this film and take it in, 
I think you'll see why film is the the best. The combination of film and music is the best art form, more so than any other media, because a film like this is an experience and should be treated as such. And um, I was thinking about this film the other day, actually, at work. I was listening to Brian Sauer's podcast, Just the Discs, and uh, he had mentioned just... Coincidence or not, I don't know. He had mentioned that uh, he recently acquired a copy of Bellatar's other film, also put up by Arbelos, Damnation. I'm not sure what year that came out, but I just thought it was kind of funny how at that moment when I was thinking about Satan Tango, he also had mentioned he also mentions Damnation, and I look here, it was 1988. Uh, so that's a film that I definitely am going to pick up. I have to order some Blu-rays soon. And that'll definitely be in my next roster of orders. That one's much shorter. It's only two hours. And it's one that I am very interested in. Bell- this is the only Bellatar film I've seen. I know. I remember when the Turin Horse came out. I believe that was 2011. But I wasn't familiar with Bellatar then. Uh, but I just remember the poster. I remember the name. I remember it got a lot of discussion I believe that's the last film that he had directed. Um, but overall, this is just a film that made a big impression on me. It's one that I've thought about a lot. Uh, thought, uh, uh, a lot of the themes of it, I'm sure you can go on and on about. And I haven't done too much research into some of the interpretations of it. There are some moments in the film that uh, are a little are not meant to be taken at, at face value, uh, which is what makes some of it so interesting. It gives it this otherworldly kind of feeling. And I think Bellatar is just, uh, judging from this one film, just one of the most interesting and unique filmmakers to even take on a project like this. So Satan Tango, that's really one that everyone should make a point to see at some point in their lives. Don't put it off. Don't say you're going to watch it. Uh, never get around to watching it. You know, there's too many, too many films like that. Too many, too many recommendations where people say they're going to check it out. And they never do. Another film I watched recently. I watched two days ago, actually, believe it or not. I watched uh, another film from 88. I watched Sidney uh, Lumet's Running on Empty. Yeah, this is one that, speaking of Brian Sauer from before, this is one that I know he's a big fan of. And uh, also on the Criterion channel. And this was one that... Uh, River Phoenix's filmography, man, his uh, short filmography, he's a he's an actor who, every all the films of his I've seen, I just find myself getting something really powerful out of it. He does these very... Um, self-reflective personal kind of films at least the ones i've seen um obviously stand by me is the biggest um my own private idaho is just one of my favorite films i think that's a film that the first time i saw it i wasn't able to fully appreciate it um and then on subsequent viewings i was able to appreciate the poeticism in that film and a lot of the a lot of the um internal conflicts of the characters. That's another film, actually, that kind of has another worldly kind of feeling at times. I always thought of the second half 
with Keanu Reeves' character to kind of feel like a fantasy in a way. Um, and another film that he did that same year, which I don't hear talked about too much, but is the film Dogfight with Lily Tomlin. Now, you want to talk about a gem. That's a film. I'm sorry, Lily Taylor. That's a film that I don't hear anyone talking about. Uh, it's, it comes up on TCM sometimes. I believe it's on DVD. But you got to do yourself a favor, man. You got to check that film out. Dogfight is uh, an incredibly tender and romantic film and very honest and heartfelt without being sentimental. It's just a phenomenal film, but I'm talking about Running on Empty. Like I said, directed by Sidney Lumet, great Sidney Lumet. Written by Naomi Foner, starring Judd Hirsch, River Phoenix, like I said, Christine Lottie, Martha Plimpton in a small role. Uh, I'm sorry, not a small role. She comes into the second half. For some reason, I was getting Martha Plimpton mixed up with the actress from The King of Comedy, whose name I'm blanking on right now. But it's, uh, it's interesting watching a film like this because I don't typically look up the plots. Actually, to be honest, I don't ever really look up the plots of any films that I watch. I keep a long list of recommendations or films that look interesting and I write them down. And when I finally go to them, I go, okay, well, I guess I'll check this one out. And when this started out, I wasn't really sure what was going on. It's very strange. You have her Phoenix and his younger brother and they're on their own and then you have two adults who see him on the street and pick him up and we start to learn more about them. And uh, what we find out is that early on that their family is on the run because Judd Hirsch and Christine Lottie uh, were involved in a bombing when they were younger at a college that uh, blinded a janitor accidentally. They say he wasn't supposed to be there. And they're always on the run and they've had to make this facade up of life they they have to keep moving they can't uh get their school photo taken they can't uh they can't do anything but river phoenix's character danny starts to form a relationship with martha plimpton's character lorna and danny is also a a gifted pianist and uh, his teacher sees potential in him i believe played by ed crowley and sees a future for him and it's an interesting dynamic because you have Judd Hirsch and Christine Lottie's character who play Arthur and Annie, who have the selfish reasons of basically foregoing their children's futures to save their own skin instead of facing the consequences of their actions. And what I find interesting about Danny's character is that he's rebellious, but he's not obnoxious. You see where it's coming from and his frustrations of moments when he wants to do simple things. Uh, there's even a, a sequence when he wants to go to a recital and how he can't even do that because there'll be too many people there and he'll be seen. And he has a great monologue with Lorna's, uh, with Martha Plimpton's character, Lorna, where he talks about his life and his frustrations and how he feels for her. And um, a film that has really just stuck with me. I think the ending of this film I find so interesting because it's not necessarily the end of the story, but it's the end of um, this time and place. And where Danny's character leaves off, I, you know, it's not as clean as, as you would think. There's a lot more open ambiguity to a lot of events that are going to unfold and 
a lot of uncertainty that it makes it more interesting than just a simple the characters turn themselves in and everything works out um this was a film that i don't you know i don't really like to rate movies on letterboxd because i look at my rating here and i gave it three and a half stars which i think is a very good rating it's a very good recommendation I had some minor problems in the second half, mostly with some character development between River Phoenix and Martha Plimpton's characters. But I don't like putting this in line with other films that would give it three and a half stars because other films I would feel strong, uh, less strongly about give the same rating. So people would look and go, oh, well, he only gave it this, or only gave it that. You know, and films aren't on the same playing field, but on the same level. And um, I've almost kind of wanted to stop rating movies because I think it's such a um, poor way of gauging uh, a film's quality in terms of two movies that are uh, six stars out of ten are not the same quality, even though they're the same rating. So, But I don't think this film... I wouldn't give it four stars, but three and a half is is very good rating as well. But then I look at some other films I've given three and a half that I don't feel as strongly about or haven't thought about as much. And um, that's where it starts to get tricky. And I think people sometimes uh, get too hung up on that of, oh, they rated this film that, or this film only has three stars. But a three star can be very good. For example, I just watched the film from 2008, Still Walking, uh, from the director of Shoplifters. I don't remember his name, but Still Walking, I gave three stars, but it's a, it's a film I would wholeheartedly recommend because I think that uh, there's a lot of interesting ideas going on in it, and I think there's a lot of interesting uh, conversations in that film. So when I say three stars, I don't mean to put it down because they'll look at, oh, this film he gave three and a half. This film he gave three. I'll go with the three and a half. Um, if, you know, I like Running on Empty more than Still Walking, but I don't think that you shouldn't watch Still Walking. I would definitely recommend it, you know. Um, I mean, it's all subjective. It's all people look too much into it. And people look at... Uh, people are, are quicker to generalize a film based on its rating rather than its quality. And... Um, what comes with that. So I say, don't even, don't even bother with that. Just, you know, writing on empty. It's just a, it's a terrific film. It's a very emotional film. And, uh, when the, the, the script and the characters are so strong and there's just some great sequences in the film. I, I really like the sequence when there's a birthday party and we see the dynamic of the family there, how we feel one way about Judd Hirsch's character at first and see, um, River Phoenix's perspective, but we also see Judd Hirsch in a more, uh, 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 I don't even want to say sympathetic, but see him in a more human light, the way he treats his kids and his wife, and he's a very loving father, but he's a flawed person, and I find those interactions much more interesting than a character who is only black and white, or the, or the film doesn't cop out and say, oh, well, somebody forced him to do it, and and he's actually really not at fault because the characters are never not at fault and they are bad people or they did a bad thing, I should say, more so than they are bad people. But it's those dynamics 
and the family unit there that makes the script so interesting. Sydney Lumet is great, man. This is one that uh, the more I've thought about it since I watched it a couple days ago, the more that it's really just kind of stuck with me. Prince of the City is another one that I watched a couple months ago. Speaking of Sydney Lumet with uh, Treat Williams. That one's a bit longer. That's about almost three hours. But that's a terrific film as well. Um, but with that said, looks like time is uh, about wrapped up on there. Wanted to mention a couple movies that I had watched somewhat recently. Except for Ryan Empty, which I did watch recently. Uh, so yeah, check out those movies, man. Uh, what else do I want to say before I get out of here? Just about done with my coffee. Gonna throw a pizza in the oven, man, I tell you. It's gonna be good, man, I tell you. Alright, man, that's all I got for now. I'm trying to think if I have anything else to say. I don't think so. I don't think I have anything else. Alright, man. Well, next week I'm gonna talk about some more stuff. So I hope this uh, brief discussion was informative. I hope you check out one of the three films or all three or two or any of them. And until next week.